Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For all my teachers and parents that are tuning into this podcast, I want to let you know that I have a parent and a teacher community. Now, I am all about bringing awareness and support and a network system for all of you to feel like you can boss up in the D-Cube journey. So I'm here to let you know that I have memberships for my parents and for my teachers because I truly believe that together we can change the narrative. If you're interested in joining these membership programs, I invite you to click the link in the bio. There are three levels. There is $10 a month, $15 a month, and $25 a month. Now, in these communities, you get to network. You have a community of people that are in the same space with you who are fighting for the same cause. Depending on your membership level, you get access to me with weekly live Q&A and monthly webinars. So if this is something that interests you, please be sure to click the link in the bio to apply to these communities. And I look forward to seeing you there. Hello and welcome to the Dyslexia Mom Boss Podcast, the show that helps you not only feel empowered and knowledgeable, but confident and a boss mom in the dyslexia journey. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren. Hello and welcome to the Dyslexia Mom Boss Podcast. I am Dr. Lauren. I am your host. And um, those of you who do not know me, um, welcome to the show. This is season two of the Dyslexia Mom Boss podcast. And, um, you know, just to give you a little context, if you uh, did not listen to episode one, I encourage you to go back because I really give you more details about who I am. But I am a special educator <clears throat> turned entrepreneur, if you will. And so I've been in this space for 11 years. I've worked in private dyslexic schools, uh, private neurodiverse language-based difference specialized schools uh, at the elementary level. I've worked in public school um, as a special educator co-teaching English language arts and math and support math class. I've worked at nonprofits that focused on inclusive education to help the pedagogy, um, you know, to help shift the pedagogy for teachers to be more empowered um, to know how to support our special education population. And I also was a learning specialist at um, a K through 12 prep school where I was on the administrative team we um you know talked about supporting students staff and parents so with that being said I am not going to ramble on and on and on about my career you're here to hear season two so if you're interested in hearing more about who I am in the context of dyslexia I encourage you to go back to episode one it's called who is Dr. Lauren so with that being said season one was all about foundational information all about um, kind of centering yourself as a mom, 
Um, I did end off season one with the Dyslexia series. So it's a four-part mini-series. So if you did not hear that, I encourage you to go back and listen to that as well. This season is going to be more focused on interviewing moms because this is a community I don't want you to feel like you know you're in silos I mean that's just not that's an awful feeling to be like I, you know I'm doing this alone I don't know what to do it's a shot in the dark my kids teacher's not helping me like all of those things that we you know really stress about so that my end goal is really you know my motto is together we we can change the narrative and I truly believe that because the more we talk about things the more we bring light to it and the more we feel less alone so with that being said, season two is going to focus on mom interviews. I'm going to do a few more mini series. I'm going to definitely get into some affirmations because I think that that is the the watering of the plant that we all need to be successful human beings, let alone be successful moms throughout this D-Cube journey. So let's delve into today. Today, my guest is a former client. I love this mom, Jayada. She is amazing. She is based out of New York. She is um, <clears throat> actually a, a dyslexic herself, and she goes a little bit in depth about her story, but but um, really focused more on her kids with the four questions that drove our conversation. She was in my Think Confidently intensive coaching program, and I got to tell you, Jayetta was a boss mom. I mean, any information I threw at her, she absorbed. She asked questions. Like, she is an excellent resource, and I'm so excited to have her on the show today so please be sure to uh, tune in to this whole episode she shares her social media um, contact information at the end and it's also in the show notes so I am excited to introduce my guest Jayada all right Jayada it's so good to see you I'm so glad that we are here connecting again so let us know who are you in the context of dyslexia introduce yourself before we dive into these questions so good morning and thank you for having me. Um, my name is Jay Adam, as you said, and uh, I live in New York State in the suburbs. I have two children, two beautiful children, um, who are just very bright and very quirky and um, and they are dyslexic and have other learning uh, challenges. And so I'm in here as a mom. Uh, Yes. I trying to, you know, do my best for my kids. Absolutely. And I know that you are definitely a boss mom because you're a former client. And I just loved how you navigated through the coaching program we were in. And it really made me think, you know what, I want you, especially you as a, as a mom of color, to truly share your story with other moms out there who really need to hear your story and your children's story within that journey so let's dive right into these questions that are going to be the game changer for other moms out there. So what word summarizes your decubed journey with your children? So for anybody who's just listening to this podcast for the first time, I say decubed. That means dyslexia, dyscalculia, and dysgraphia. So your children may have all three. They might have two. They might have one, whatever it is. I just use decubed because it's just easier. It's not a mouthful. So what summer, what word would summarize your journey with your, your kids? Wow. What one word? That's, that's going to be hard for me. Or it could be a phrase. It could be a phrase. It's really been such a growing and a process 
uh, to try to understand my children and how they learn so that I can um, uh, be able to attune, my, balance myself so that I know that what to give them. Right. For them to have the best learning experience. So it's been really a, it's been a very uh, growing learning experience. So maybe it's like growing pains is like the phrase. <laughs> there have been some, there have been a lot of growing pains, definitely. Um, but there's so many beautiful things that have come out of that. And I'm, I'm at a point right now where, you know, I'm hitting my stride and trying to, and I feel like I'm really getting to a point where I'm truly understanding how to talk to my children and how to have them speak to me so that we can understand the how each of us need to learn. Right. We're all understanding how we learn. Right, right, right. And so for the audience out there, are, do both of your children have a language-based learning disability or difference? Yes, they do. They both have it. And they were um, diagnosed very early. Uh, my son at the age of five and my daughter has not had an official diagnosis, but because I'm so familiar with all of the signs, right? Um, I'm able to, you know, have things looked at earlier on and addressed. And so I definitely delve into in my own content on Instagram or podcast, like early intervention is critical. And that actually leads me to my next question. So what what is your DQ story with your kids? So, I mean, you said how, you know, or you've, you know the signs, you know the symptoms. Was it an easy journey getting them diagnosed? Was it easy getting an IEP, especially in the state of New York? What did that look like for you all? Well, that's a really good question. Um, that's my daughter. Who's <laughs> um, going to school? So uh, the truth is that um, uh, with my with my first child. Um, it was something that, uh, you know, it, it started when he was a, a toddler and me just being aware of things. Right. Um, and so getting early intervention was actually easier. Mm. Um, and because we entered that whole world earlier on, um, it's made the transitions from preschool to you know, kindergarten and all that stuff. It's it's made that a little. There was a hiccup when he was declassified. Right. He shouldn't have been. But other than that, we've been able to clearly demonstrate that there was a need for services. So in my particular case, I can't say it was very difficult. Okay. Getting the right kind of service has been another thing. <laughs> two two different conversations, right? So so I want to actually go back to the first part. Who who did the early intervention? Was it an SLP? Because I know these are questions that I get a lot. Like, who can diagnose? Who do I send my preschooler to? What was your experience? Um, I dealt with, um, I got a list of uh, places that do evaluations. Okay. Um, and I called them. And they sent out uh, an SLP. Okay. Who came out and, you know, was in my home and asking questions and, and, and interacting with my child. 
That's awesome. So for those of you who are listening out there, please always know speech language pathologists at the pediatric level is sometimes your first place to go. I mean, I always encourage parents to go to their pediatricians, but unfortunately, pediatricians don't always know the early signs and symptoms of dyslexia and dyscraphia and dyscalculia. And I think us as parents, that's that's painful because if, if we're not an educator or if we're not a parent with any of those D-cubes, we don't know what to do. We go to the doctor to get, you know, the support. So SLPs are always your friend. And I just want to say that because I know there's so many parents that are like, well, my teacher, you know, my kid's teacher didn't know. And how come the school didn't tell me? And it's definitely all hands on deck. Yeah. I was always um, asking questions. Yes. And I was always, um, and whenever somebody said something to me, I would immediately make a note of it and try to like track it down to see if it was, um, if there was any, any truth in it. Uh, because I was aware of the difference. Yes, darling. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I love I love that that she's in the background, <laughs> right? We're moms, right? <laughs> Don't mute her out. Keep her in the conversation. <laughs> no, I think that that's a really valid point, and I do. I've I've sat at many IEP meetings where I get parents that do ask questions because either they're learning or they're questioning the validity of the teacher. But then I also get parents who I think are just so shell-shocked and just don't know what to do and they're overwhelmed and and it's really emotional. And if you don't know how to navigate that space, you, you, you tend to shut down. And then I've also had parents share their vulnerability and say, well, I realized that I had these differences and schools actually, it was traumatizing for me. So me coming back into this environment, trying to advocate when I don't even have the skills to do it because of my experiences, it really kind of, it, 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 it leads for a very uncomfortable situation for both teacher and parent, because really the bottom line is we want nothing but the best for our child and our students. But when we're ill-equipped, we don't know what to do. Yes, um, there's a lot to that. I mean, one of the reasons why I was so um, kind of vigilant, first child. Yeah, of course. You know, um, trying to, you know, reading books and trying to, like, going off the list, ticking off the things like, okay, I did that. Right, right, the to-do and list, the to-do list. Why isn't this working? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get, like, the, the reward charts of, like, what's happening there's a disconnect here yeah and and, that created a lot its own level of stress but um I was willing to go down every avenue you know as I felt um so uh that my instinct was telling me that there was something to look at here um and if I wasn't that way I don't know that I would have been as informed right I, I, I wouldn't have the history that I have it, it's not you know my children are older if I just found out today that this was all happening right be shocked. right uh, but the fact that I've been at it since, for you know, many years younger, it is something that has helped me be more receptive to to the signs and to look for things yeah and so just for the moms that are listening to this this episode you can definitely find Jayada on Instagram. She's on Instagram. <laughs> um, but I think that if you want to, you know, connect with her, she's a great resource. You know, she's more of a seasoned mom in this journey. 
Um, and I think that really that's what it's all about, you know, networking and kind of really knowing that you're not in your own silos, as I always say. Um, all right, Jayada. So thank you so much for sharing um, your D-Cube journey with your your kids. Now, I want to get into the next question I want to delve into. I think it's really important. You and I, those of you who are actually watching this as a video podcast, can see that we are two women of color. So I definitely want to ask, you know, what ethnicity is your or your children and do you think that this impacted an equitable educational journey for them? Um, my children are um, multiracial. So we are in an interracial uh, relationship. And so my children are very light-skinned black children. Right. And... That's what we are. And ethnically, I am Latina. <laughs> um, and uh, and we really are just a nice mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're in New York. So, I mean, I feel like New York is pretty a pretty liberal state in a sense of, you know, and I'm not trying to, like, bash middle America, but I feel like you might see more interracial couples in different parts of the of the country and obviously closer to cities and that's more accepted if you will in terms of equity and education so i mean right. how did that impact um, that journey for you all uh, um, or did it not i don't really feel uh because i i can't i can't i don't know how i how honestly i answer the question um because i i don't know what I don't have, I don't know what to compare it to. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, uh, like I said, I was very active and, um, and, uh, I was that mom and I wasn't afraid to be that mom who called the school and, you know, and I can play the, it's not, it's, uh, you play the part, you know, you understand that you have, um, to deal with certain perceptions, but right, you right. don't let that um, you don't let that get in the way of, of pursuing the best for your 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 family. And I think you saying that kind of us people of color, we know how to code switch, right? Like we know in certain environments. You know, we know that in America, it's mostly white and we know about white privilege and we know that there are certain things that we can and can't say without it having a backlash on us or our children. And so I think that, um, you know, that's really important for you when you said the perception of things and you kind of have to you kind of have to gear up for what could happen so you have to have all these different scenarios in your head that maybe a white parent wouldn't have a white mom would not have to think about and so i think that um you know i think two things to point on to um really touch on really is the fact that you did early intervention so the moms that are listening early intervention signs and symptoms definitely listen to those previous episodes on the signs and symptoms of dyslexia dyscalculia and dysgraphia because that's going to be your starting point and know the professionals that you need to be um talking to you know the slps and and it's just interesting because i don't remember if your kids have um 
a form of a math disability at all. But I'm also in the process. Okay, so I'm also in the process of thinking like, who is that point person for like diagnosing dyscalculia at an early age? You know, for language, we know it's an SLP, but like, who is the math SLP? You know. (laughs) So it's so it's like that's That's a whole very good point. Yes. So I mean, and and I'm in that and I'm in that place of trying to figure it out. Yes, and me just verbalizing that, now I'm going to go and do my own research to be like, who is that math SLP that can help our, you know, three, four, five preschool-year-olds and kindergartners? Because there are early signs of that, too, that we can't ignore. I also think another thing I want to touch on, and I always say this um, just whenever I, I do interviews and talking about the black community, more than often we will sit here and say, oh, Uncle Jojo didn't do this until he was older and he's fine now. Or like, oh, well, you know, he didn't talk until he was seven. And it's like, no, it's not cute. It's not okay. We need to stop normalizing that that's the case when really maybe there is a language disability or difference that's happening that we need to talk about and intervene today, not in exactly. third grade <laughs> because right. that's, and, and you know. the thing is that for me, what really drove that home is um, – when I started to see all those, uh, all these uh, diagnoses didn't just apply to my children, they applied to me as well. Right. 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 And so when I understood that that ADHD diagnosis applies to me and that now I am completely like obsessed with understanding ADHD. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, I'm educating myself and I'm, and I'm learning about, uh, you know, neurodivergency and, and, and how our minds work and and learning that oh there's you just have to accept yourself as you are yes you're like amazing and the things that you bring to the table are amazing uh it's everybody else that <laughs> they're the problem right no i love it because i'm in that club too jayada yeah. Else uses. Exactly. We have to learn that code, and that particular code is what is, um, you know, trips us up because we don't learn it the same way as you. Exactly. And you're forcing us to speak in this code. Yeah, I like that right. analogy. That's basically what it is. No, and and I love that analogy because you know I've shared my story where I was diagnosed with ADHD at 21, and to me, like literally when I got that diagnosis, I was like, wow, so I'm not stupid. <laughs> I was like, wait, also, I'm actually yeah, smart. I'm so, you, I'm so glad that you got that when you were 21. Yeah. I didn't get it until I was 40. So and then I, you really were like, what? Know. Yeah, you were like. And I love hearing from people. Yeah. I, I, there's this other person that I just met recently. He's like in his 20s. And he's like, oh, I was diagnosed when I was like five. Right? Wow. And I want to hear from him yeah. because, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out, you know, I want to know. I want to know what, what what his process was. Exactly. At that age. Right, right. But I wasn't diagnosed that young. Well, and I think you have to look at, you know, generations. Like, even 10 years ago, when I first got into the dyslexia world, there wasn't nearly as much, like talk of this stuff as as we're was what we're doing now so imagine 20 30 years ago nobody if adhd was even a discussion it was just boys had it and then on top of it white boys so i mean we're over here exactly so you ignored it or you didn't think well you know until you actually and there was a lot of that and when you start to see how all of this stuff applies to you and how it affected you throughout your life and that you know 
you realize you have to really change the it from from this place. Yeah. How we send our how we prepare our children. You know, how we have to decide what we th- because we can't re- depend on the school to do that. Yes. So we it's really all about taking control of it and saying, okay, what can I do within the framework? Yes. Yes. But you have to be creative. You do. Otherwise, you're just going to, it's all going to get lost in the shuffle. Lost in the sauce. No, I 100% agree with you. So, Jayada, we're going to close out this episode, and I want you to give some advice. So what advice can you give other moms that are in this journey so they know how to boss up? Because you've been doing this for a minute now. So what advice can you give the moms out there? Trust your instinct. Yes. You know, getting advice from your close family members may not be the best place to source. You know, you really need to go outside. If you're having some, if you're seeing something at home and you're feeling something in your gut and you're asking questions and and none of the advice is making sense, then you know what? Maybe, maybe the advice is wrong for you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, educate yourself. That is... And be persistent. Yes, I love it. No, seriously. Like that's that that trusting your gut piece. I feel yeah. like that is something that I don't know. We we tend to lose that the older we get. And if we don't yeah. if we don't ground ourselves to know what our morals and our values and and where we're oh, going, yeah. you know, if we lose that, then we don't trust our gut. And then we yes. trust other people when really, like at the end of the day, you know your kid better than their teeth. I mean, even though they're at school all day, but still, you know your child the best. And I love that you touched on the the family advice because you're right. You know, some family members might be like, "Oh, you're overreacting, or you're over exaggerating." Oh, oh no, I love it when they say, "Oh, you're like your uncle so and so." What does that mean to me? Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what I was saying earlier, and it's like How that's. Am I like that's not helpful. It's not helpful, Grandma, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's on this side of the family. It's on that side of the family. No, that's not an efficient way to understand. No, because we need to know what this is on that side of the family. Like, what is it, you know? So, no, I love that advice. And I do want to say thank you so much for finding the time to do this episode. I am just so thrilled to be reconnected with you and I just, guys, I love Jayada. She's such a boss mom. Like her story, her everything. Like, please, 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 like, pass this episode along to anybody else that you feel that needs to hear this. My ID is happy underscore mom underscore seven. Yes. One of those. I'll put it in the show notes. No, it will be in the show notes. Perfect. Thank yes. You. All right, Jayada. Well, thank you so much for being here. And um, next week, tune into another mom interview so remember to continue to boss up lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.